Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Welcome to the weekend review for Man on the Post. Got that completely the wrong way around, but I'm going to go with it. Uh, my name's Chris, and joining me this weekend, fresh from being in, spending time in bed with older gentlemen every evening, it seems, it's Dave. Excuse me? I told you I'd mess it up, Dave, but I couldn't resist after seeing that tweet that you shared about the guy with your books. Oh. With the, the bedtime reading. Oh, he was having the time of his life, wasn't he? I know, yeah. And I was just like, well, how many men take Dave to bed with them every evening? More than you think. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was like, that's a bit weird. Uh, how are we, sir? Uh, very well, thanks. Yes, are you? Uh, yeah, I'm all right. I thought I, I thought you might be uh, doing well this weekend. I'm sure we'll come, and, come on to why very shortly. Uh, we might as well start things off then. Um, as usual, Spurs were the early game on a Saturday. This, is it me or does this seem like it's every weekend that Spurs are the early game? Oh, I feel like it's in my life watching Tottenham Hotspur. Oh, God, poor you, poor you. Uh, they were the visitors at Vicarage Road as they paid second fiddle to a resurgent Watford team in a nil-nil. Mm. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't uh, it wasn't the worst nil-nil I've ever seen, but it also wasn't, you know, one that's going to live long in the memory. Yeah, it was, it was a strange one. Uh, very few incidents, really. And as you'd expect from this uh, uh, Nigel Pearson-Watford team, what a combination they are. Uh, mm-hmm. Incident-laden, uh, I suppose, in, in, in a way. Uh, Spurs probably should have had handball for the Cathcart handball. Should have had penalty, uh, rather. Possibly, yeah. It was one of those where it's... it's you never really see them given, even with the VAR, which I'm a bit surprised at. But um, I thought uh, Kapua should yeah. really have been sent off for... Whatever that was, it wasn't yeah. really a tackle, was it? I, I, I see no no difference in the, the well the contact at least uh, to the Abamyang one from last weekend, and yet completely no no foul play. Vio looked at it, saw absolutely nothing in it. Yeah, it kind of reminded us of uh, the soccer one for Palace a few weeks ago, where um, he kicked a ball that was in the air already, but but landed his studs like you know knee high on the on the opponent's leg, and that was a red card. No one's hit about an eyelid, so I don't see why this is any different. Yeah. It, it was really, really strange. Watford actually looked quite threatening in this game, physically and from a, an attacking point of view. There was, yeah, there's quite a few nig- niggly fouls. Uh, I suppose Watford's best chance uh, of stealing the points was Troy Deeney missing a penalty. Yeah, I mean, it's a decent save, but it wasn't, wasn't, you know, wasn't right in the corner. Was, I didn't um, think it was a good, a good penalty, really. No, I mean, he seems to take that kind of penalty a lot, where it's like. If the keeper goes the wrong way, it looks great. But if he goes the right way, he's got every chance of saving it because it's kind of his height, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and the only other thing, really, say apart from the constant foul, uh, fouling and breaking up play from like Kapui and that lot, uh, and Watford having plenty of chances, was the the Spurs thing at the end when the ball didn't all cross the line. Yeah, I mean that was it. Didn't look that close in real time. Uh, and then when you saw it back, and it was what was it, ten millimeters or something? Yeah, probably, probably, probably less than that. It's literally, I reckon, it's as close as you can get to, to not being a goal. But I don't think Spurs deserved a, a, no, even I a think, point out of that game. 
No, I think uh, I think they struggled with uh, Saw down the down the right against the young lads, mm-hmm. uh, Tanganga, um, Tanga, yeah, yeah. who, for all you know, Marino's given youth a chance. He's been hung out to dry a little bit because he's he's getting no help from from any sort of trackers back in midfield. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, you know, he'll have to learn, I suppose. It's, it's uh, weird that you say that Mourinho's giving you for chance there. I know because he, he has a habit of doing this, doesn't he? When he's doing transfer windows, when he wants players in, playing, making strange choices, and people are like, "Oh yeah, he's, he's, giving, he's giving he's giving the young lad a go." But then in the cup in midweek, he didn't have a striker and refused to play Troy Parrott, who's probably one of the most highly rated young strikers outside of like your Greenwoods and that lot at the moment. I know, I find that very odd. Um, I almost think with the Tanganga thing, he's just trying to prove a point to well, Danny Rose predominantly, but also Vertonghen, who obviously missed out last week, I think, with, mm. uh, with him playing instead. Um, you know what he's like. He likes to pick a fight with these people. Yeah, he, he just, it, it's, it, you know, Spurs fans are like, yeah, he's giving the young lads a, a, a thing, like a runner, I think. Well, I don't think that's his agenda at all, because it's, no. it's Mourinho. Oh, yeah. Know? And if that was the case, yeah, Troy Parrott would have would have started. You know, I'm an Arsenal fan, and you know, I've seen how good this kid looks like he's going to be, and he, he's very highly, highly rated. Uh, but, yeah, can't can't get any minutes. No. Do you know anything about um, Jetson Fernandez, who's arrived at Tottenham now? I've heard he's quite highly rated. Apparently, um, a lot of clubs after him weren't there. He obviously apparently wants to stay, wants to go to London because that's where his mom lives. Because uh, West Ham were, were um, highly tipped to sign him, but being linked with West Ham really isn't uh, anything these days. But yeah, Man United were in for him apparently as well. I sit next to a Portuguese guy at work. Well, he's Angolan, but he, he speaks Portuguese and spends a lot of time there. And, and he says he's just another overrated Benfica player. Okay. I say he, can't, he, he can't be that good, because if he's from Benfica and he was any good, he'd have ended up modeling you by now, wouldn't he, really? <laughs> That's true. We'll come on to Wolves, but I mean, isn't it odd how they've got this link with a Portuguese super agent and they've got, like, no players? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I don't know. I suppose I, I didn't notice... Because I didn't see this game, like I saw bits and bobs of it. Um, I don't. He didn't. He wasn't playing, was he? Because I don't think he, he, he came on. Oh, did he come on? Okay. Yeah, he, he did nothing of note. But right, uh, okay, that probably makes a lot of sense. Why I didn't notice then? Yeah. But Spurs, I don't think midfield's the area where they need to improve. They've got a ton of midfielders. No, I, I didn't really understand this one. Um, as you say, it's kind of a forward, or at least a forward-thinking player they need, mm-hmm. and. Uh, He's gone for I don't know what he is like a attacking midfielder. I mean, yeah, apparently, apparently he, play, he can play on the right right side as well. You know, just like Son, Mora, Ali, you know, <laughs> just just like all of those other players that they've got. So he's basically gonna be a leg flag for Ericsson when they eventually manage to shift him on. Potentially, yeah. So that's looking yeah. like it's uh, getting closer and closer, doesn't it? Um, not really much else to say about that one. So we might as well come on to the three o'clocks. Uh, pick of the bunch I suppose was to be added St Mary's who who'd have thought we'd be saying that uh, <laughs> at this part of the season apart from when like Leicester went there and smashed them uh, Southampton taking a 2-0 lead against Wolves uh, only to lose 3-2 in the end and to be fair neither of these teams look bad in this game I find it absolutely incredible if Southampton had won they'd have been on the same amount of points as Wolves Yeah. when we say like what a great season Wolves are having and you know a couple of weeks ago Southampton were basically talked about as being one of the favourites for relegation um, it's kind of funny how a, a 9-0 loss has actually turned their season around yeah their, their, their form as we spoke about last week their forms have been brilliant this was Wolves first winning six games as well which probably shows how that gap has closed yeah um, but yeah South, Southampton have, have been really really good yeah uh, this was a good game it's a shame it wasn't on, on live or in, uh, mm-hmm. in England 
do you think Southampton would have won if they'd have played with 11 men rather than 10 and Shane Long Shane Long scored. I know. I that's that's the weird thing. Like I was watching because I, I went into match of the day without knowing most of the scores oh, yeah. this week because I hadn't seen much. Uh, and I was watching. And I, was just, I was watching the highlights and stuff like that. And I'm thinking Shane Long's lack of movement between the lines is terrible. He literally just stands there, and then he scored. And then even when he scored, the commentator was like, "Oh, that's you know two unlikely scorers for Southampton." I'm thinking <laughs> he's a fucking striker. He shouldn't be an yeah, unlikely but... scorer. I mean, he did once score something like 48 games out of goal, didn't he? Yeah, but yeah. But yeah Impressive. I, yeah, I thought it, it, it was mad. Southampton turning up at the break and, and, and losing it. Yeah, so firstly, how on earth did the, the ref not give a pen real time for uh, for the Johnny Sandwich? <laughs> yeah, it was his first Premier League game as well, wasn't it, the referee? Yeah, well, you know, thank, he must be thankful for VAR because uh, you'll rarely see a more blatant penalty than that not given. Like, two of them, neither of them anywhere near the ball. <laughs> oh, yeah. 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 Um, uh, Traore has got an end product now, and it's scary. Yeah, it is mad. Like the the, the cross he put in for Neto's goal mm-hmm. was pretty good. Yeah, and just the the presence of mind to slow it down for him and as to yeah, catch him up and you know be then put it on a plate for him. Yeah. Uh, fair play. Him and his goal was like so relaxed. Like, yes. It was like time stood still, wasn't it? Like he had all the time in the world just to literally slot it, slot it away. Um, yeah, every, everything he does is uh, is very clever. All him and us. I mean, Wolves have got a real uh, a real gem strike on their hands there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Southampton, I say, moving in the right direction. I'd say they're out of the relegation race. Uh, oh yeah, they, they, they look far too good to go down. Um, compared to you know the sides in the in the bottom three at least, who I'm sure will come on to. Um, Southampton look straight ahead of them at the moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I say, and I say if they can. Play someone else rather than Shane Long. You know, <laughs> well, they've got a, that, that Well, you know, I was going to say they've got a goal scorer in Ings. Uh, I know he didn't score in this game, but mm-hmm. he has scored in most games. Yeah. It feels like recently. So you think you'd fancy when the if the chips are down and they they are in the the scrap towards the end of the season, they'll find a way to get the goals to to keep them up. Yeah, definitely. Uh, while we're talking about relegation, then we might as well go on to the we'll follow the match of the day running order. Uh, the bottom two scrapped it out at Carrow Road. How this was the second game on Match of the Day, I have no fucking idea. Apart from the fact it was Steve Cook's audition for England number one, like that was uh, the, what the fuck was that? I mean, it's a top save, but why? Is, <laughs> why are you doing this? Like, I don't get it at all. I mean, if you go one 0 down inside half an hour, it's not the end of the world, Steve. I mean, how? <laughs> Although this is Bournemouth, who's t- who have had eight shots on target in the last four games and, wow. and scored no goals. I know, and if, uh, not scoring against Norwich is uh, alarm bells time. And I know they look there. like scoring. Apart no. from that, when Callum Wilson fell over. Well, yes, but, which he seemed uh, to do a lot in this game. Um, I mean, they're, they're in free fall, aren't they? It's, yeah, uh, it's not looking good. It's it's really not. It's not like that type of club where they can go and say, "Well, Big Sam, come and keep us up," because they just don't have the the players to do it. It's, uh, I mean, obviously, never rule Big Sam out of anything. If there's money involved, he'll do it, but. <laughs> yeah. um, I, I just I, I cannot see them turning it around. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, you look at Brighton's squad, and yes, they've had some. You know, Brooks is a shining example. He looks pretty good, but he's not playing at the moment. Yes, they've had a lot of injuries, but that back four that they have that got so much praise five years ago when they first got promoted is is the same back four from five years ago. And how many Premier League teams can you say that's the case? Uh, and yeah, you know, they okay. They've got King. 
Wilson, Solanke um, going forward. But yeah, Wilson's bang out of form. And to be fair, looking at him, okay, he took a bad tackle in this one, the one that Godfrey got sent off for um, after VAR uh, got involved. But he looks like he's got glass ankles. Like every time he took a took a touch, like don't get me wrong, my ankles aren't on the, on the glass <laughs> and stuff. But I'm not a professional footballer. Um, but yeah, he every time every time he got tackled, he stayed down. He's had a not a history, but he's had a couple of big injuries. Hasn't yeah, he? he's had a couple of bad like, injuries I, and stuff. I, hasn't I, I just wonder if like sort of every big tackle he gets, he feels the worst. Yeah, maybe. Um, but. The problem is uh, for Bournemouth now is that they're in such a rut. As you say, the defence isn't great. The, the forwards have stopped scoring. Slanky never scored in the first place. Mm-hmm. Um, they're pretty much relying on Josh King, who, as far as I know, has got a hamstring injury. Um, if he comes back, I guess they've got half a chance of getting out of it. But well, their next right. run of games is against teams around them as well. I think. I think they've got. Like, I'm sure they've got like Brighton and um, Villa coming up. Well, that might help them. Um, yeah, they've got Brighton on uh, on Tuesday night. Uh, and then after yourselves in the Cup, they've got Villa, Sheffield United, Burnley. <sighs> it's, uh, that's it's, three, it's, of the, three of the teams around them, plus Sheffield United, who are doing well at the moment. It's a difficult one, because from Eddie Howe's point of view, he probably doesn't want to play teams around him when he's not in form. Yeah. But at the same time, it's also your best chance of getting out of it. So. Mm. Um, it's going to be interesting, because all Bournemouth always had these dips this time of year. Um, it's It's rarely been... This bad. Mm-hmm. I can't remember them being, you know, entrenched in the bottom three like this for pretty much their entire time in the league. Well, that's the thing. Like Norwich, yes, Norwich had chances, but they, they, they've got no killer instinct whatsoever. There, there was one incident I saw where they, they broke on Bournemouth, which isn't that hard to do, it seems. Um, Todd Cantwell's played the ball out, and he literally just waited for the ball to roll across him. <laughs> Rather than you know going forward, and he, he had a, he had another player. I think it was that. Is it? Oh, what's his name? Bernard, not Bernardo. Uh, ben, yeah, he had him running into his right, but he can't well holds the ball up before looking to make the pass. They they just don't seem to have that that killer instinct in them at the moment, and that that's exactly the situation that Bournemouth are in. Bournemouth look like they Bournemouth look like you, you could literally just let them shoot, and I don't think they'd score a goal past you. <laughs> the, way, the, the way they're playing at the moment, you know, and for both of these teams to be like that, and then Norwich come away with a win, is. You know, I think it shows how far Bournemouth have fallen. You know, even at 10, 10 versus ten, it, it still didn't look like Bournemouth were in the game. But then it didn't look like Norwich were going to kill it off either. No. Uh, what did you make of the red card for Godfrey? For uh, yeah, I think it was a, a definite red. Again, this this was a tackle like the one we've seen from you know Abamyang's. Yes. And, and I think this was more like the Abamyang one than the Spurs game, uh, the the the, the Kapui one. Yes. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, I was surprised that the ref just gave a yellow to start with. I know that was a bit suspect as well, and I mean, it was it was horrendous tackle, really. Yeah, but Wilson uh, had gone down a couple of times before that, and obviously after that he went down again, which is not a surprise because I imagine that tackle would have hurt him, mm. and then taking a knock afterwards and, and stuff like that. But yeah, going back to his glass ankle thing. But yeah, you no, know, it, it was a, it was a bad tackle from Godfrey. I mean, this it's kind of subbed now a job in the fact that they win one nil. And the centre back is lunging in on the, on the Bournemouth centre forward in his own half, well, on like the left touchline or the right touchline. Mm-hmm. So if we look at it, like it's such a, it's such a, like an out of position. Because I don't think it was from a set piece or anything. I think he was just 
He was just there for the season. <laughs> it's not like he was going to knock the ball past him and go, you know, this isn't Callum Wilson of two seasons ago where he'd knock that ball past him and been gone. Mm. That That isn't the Callum Wilson we've seen at all this season. And the way Bournemouth are playing, he's got no one to play it to because they're not, <laughs> they're not attacking at all. They're so static. Mm. Uh, yeah, it, it was a strange decision. It was Norwich's first home win in four months as well. Yeah. Which is quite telling. It's remarkable. Really. With Norwich, I've always thought, felt like they're not as bad as the table suggests, but that I means you hear stuff like that, and, uh, you know, maybe they are. Because um, they are, what, six points, effectively seven now because of the goal difference. Mm-hmm. Um, can you see them getting out of it for me? I don't see Norwich or Bournemouth getting out of it. No, I think I think Norwich are a definite. Um, at least with Bournemouth, they've got a, a few, you know, Premier League proven players in there who, if they. I think let's just say they're out of form at the minute. If they can turn that round, you never know. But uh, with Norwich, I, I just I think they're too naive. Yeah, the, the thing the thing with Norwich at the beginning of the season, they had that game against Liverpool on the opening day, and they they looked quite bright, but got smashed. And then for a few of their Premier League games, you know, they beat Man City, and they they looked like this bright attacking team. They didn't look like that against Bournemouth. If they'd have come out and played like they did in the first couple of games of the season against Bournemouth, they'd have destroyed Bournemouth yesterday. But they didn't, and I remember saying earlier on in the season, how long will they keep keep playing that way if they're not picking up results? And it seems that that that's over now. They're just mm. playing. This was this was like watching two Burnley teams go at each other in a way. <laughs> that's not a compliment either, yeah, is it? Yeah, yeah that's <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I'd, I'd be amazed if Bournemouth turn it round and, and, and stuff. I say yes, they've got. They've, I think there's definitely more chance of them turning it round than, than Norwich. Uh, but I'd, yeah, I, I don't see either of them. I think these are the bottom two. Yeah, well, I'm struggling to make a make an argument against, except maybe Villa are worse, possibly than Bournemouth. But we'll come on to Villa shortly. Yeah, and that's the thing. And then, uh, and then, poor David Brooks, you know, goes back to the Championship. But I think it shows how valuable he he has been because mm, he, yeah. he he's very much in that Bournemouth team at the moment. He's very much kind of like you, Dwight McNeil. In Burnley, to keep comparing to Burnley, but Dwight McNeil makes a lot of things tick. In the same way, Jack Grealish makes a lot of things tick at Villa. I think the uh, it was talked about this last week is that when Bournemouth first came through, Ryan Fraser was was very good. They then added David Brooks, and they had two real threats. Mm-hmm. Um, not only the lost Brooks, but Fraser's been anonymous in the majority of the games. I, th- I think he played yesterday, but you wouldn't know. I think last season he got something ridiculous like twelve assists. Most of them, Callum Wilson. Yeah. You know all the, all the, all these players who got Bournemouth to where they were have just, have, you know, they've not performed as they, as they can. Apparently, a lot of so the Ryan Fraser thing is apparently because he, he won't sign a new deal with them. But when you're in this position, you, surely you've still got to pick him. He's one. He's one of your better players. Well, that's it. I mean, I know they've been playing Harry Wilson, who I think's injured at the minute, mm-hmm. uh, and King's been playing wide when he's been fit, which meant Solanke's playing, which is as we spoke about before. Yeah. Not a way to score goals. Yeah. Um, so it's kind of been like a perfect storm of disasters for Bournemouth in terms of players being out injured, um, but also players just drastically out of form and also, you know, still persistent with Francis and Cook. What do you think happens to Eddie Howe if they go down? Uh, I think he'll stay and then maybe 10 games in the new season if they're not in the top five or six, he'll walk away. 
Uh, on to better games then. Uh, Manchester City uh, hosted Crystal Palace, a Crystal Palace team that were unbeaten in, in, in nine games going into this game. Uh, they made it ten unbeaten, uh, with probably the most dramatic last six minutes of a game this weekend. Um, apparently it's a curse where Manchester City managers don't win on their birthday. <laughs> Gary Lineker was all over Twitter with this yesterday and then mentioned right. it in Match of the Day as well. Uh, well. Pep's birthday yesterday. Uh, uh, City went behind to Cenk Tosin, scoring a fine first goal for his new club. Yeah, good header. Uh, and then, yeah, uh, what was it? Who, uh, City equalised in the 87th minute, uh, only for uh, Palace to then... Uh, so, no, sorry. Aguero scored in the eighty two equalise. Then City scored in the eighty seventh minute for Aguero again. Yeah. Uh, to and even the commentators were like, "Oh, City have won this." Uh, only for Crystal Palace to go and uh, equalise at the end, thanks to Fernandinho on goal. Um, VAR probably should the penalty that City got. Yes. Um, it was overturned, wasn't it? It was, and rightly so. It was never a penalty in a million yeah, years. It came off the right backs. Uh, yeah, it's, it, and that's the rule. If it comes off another body part on your hand, it's it's deemed accidental. Um, it, it, was a, it would have been a bullshit pen. Mm-hmm. Um, do you think Zaha had a claim for pen in the first so, half? Yeah, it's just about to come on to this. I thought this was... I remember in pre-season when we spoke about VAR would be Wilfred Zaha's best friend. Yes. Uh, I think this is what he was thinking here because looking at it, he puts his leg... Between John Stone's legs. And then no matter what John Stone's does, Zaha is down. There's no way you could avoid it. So, I, yeah, I don't think it was a foul. I am surprised Zaha wasn't booked. Well, no, I don't think it was a penalty, definitely not. But uh, it's one of those where you've kind of seen them given. Oh, yeah, you definitely um, see them given. And without VAR, like a, a refs would give would probably give it. But I think a VAR review would have overruled it anyway. Yeah, I think, uh, as you said there, if you went back to the start of the season, you made some predictions. One of them would have been that Palace would get 20 pens. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they haven't done that. I got that many. Uh, no, they? They, they really haven't. Um, part of it's down to, you know, Zaha hasn't been as uh, as good as he as he has been in previous seasons. Um, but secondly, VAR has actually made it. Any of these kind of half-and-half half pens refs haven't given, thinking that VAR are going to sort of dig them out if they're... Mm-hmm. Clear and obvious mistakes, and they just never are really for Zaha because there's always an element of, well, he's actually left his foot in there and he's kicked him, and you know, um, it's actually worked pretty much the opposite way to what we thought it would. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, yeah, I thought it was quite crafty the way uh, Zaha like s- literally s- he swings his leg in. Mm. It, 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 it's strange. It, it, you see it; it's a strange movement. Uh, yeah. Interesting enough for a, a Crystal Palace team. I know they're decimated by injury and stuff, but they're they're a team. They're not a physical team. They're not you like your Watfords and your Burnleys. Um, but this was their first goal from a corner this season. Wow, really? Which, that is, which, which is a really strange... They're surprising. Yeah, yeah. They essentially play you know, the two centre-backs plus Martin Kelly at right-back, who is at fault for most of the goals they concede, <laughs> which is harsh on him because he's not really a right-back. He kind of was when he was younger, but now I don't think he's really got the pace to play against some modern-day wingers. Yeah. Um, I think uh, Joel Ward's back for them now, so he might not be in the team much longer. But um, Palace just do what they always do. It seems like they just hang on, in, hang on in games and mm-hmm. find a goal from nothing. Um, obviously, this one was a corner. The second equaliser is a, it's a terrible own goal. 
Um, Fernandinho is very flat-footed. He's still not really a centre-back, but he's playing there don't because... Let, don't let Pep say you say that. Well, he's, it just doesn't make any sense, does it? Like Pep does this with... like Mascherano, towards the end of his career, ended up playing centre-back, and he was playing in a Barcelona team that had 90% of the ball. Mm-hmm. And every game, he would commit a cynical foul. Well, John Stones is still playing centre-back, to be fair, so... Well, he's not a barely a human male. Like he's he's just there, isn't he? Like I can't remember what, I can't remember the exact instant, but someone breezed past him with minimal fuss. Possibly the possibly the equaliser. Um, can't can't wait to see John Stones in an Arsenal shirt next season. He is probably the most Arsenal defender going in that he <laughs> you know he's very good on the ball. He'll enjoy that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, Aguero continued his great run of form. Uh, he's he's two hundred fiftieth Man City goal. I didn't realise that Aguero still isn't Man City's top scorer this season. Is he not? Sterling is. I don't know oh. if these two goals tip him past Sterling. I mean, Agu- Sterling Agu- doesn't seem to have scored for ages. Well, Aguero did miss like two months, didn't he? I suppose, but yeah, yeah. I, I was like, I, I just, you just, I just seems to feel like Aguero scores every game he plays. And then and then it was like, oh, yeah, Sterling's their top scorer. So I was like, what? How? <laughs> uh, and stuff like that. Uh, Cenk Tosin, though, uh, took his goal well. Looked uh, quite lively. Yeah, good signing. Now, interestingly, Steve Bruce said this week he was offered Cenk Tosin and he declined him. Okay. He's obviously saving that shirt for Glenn Murray still. Well, I know. When, I mean, imagine the boost that gave Joel Linton, where I was like, well, <laughs> you know, we'd rather have you than Cenk Tosin. <laughs> oh, who did I see that you boys have been linked with it this week? Take your pick. Oh, Pierre, aren't you boys in for Piatek? <laughs> well, we've been we've been linked with them for a while, but then like bigger boys. I was going to well. say like <laughs> Spurs and Chelsea are, yeah. are, are sniffing around. How we came hamstring injury really uh, really scuppered that one for us. Um, but yeah, interesting. Uh, I was going to say we could come on to you boys. But we've got a few more. We'll do a few more three o'clockers first. Um, West Ham hosted Everton at the uh, London Stadium. Is that what it's still called? I don't know. I never know. Uh, this was the two newest managers in the Premier League facing off against each other. Uh, Darren Randolph uh, came back from the longest medical ever, as John from Woodgate uh, described it, when he came back to West Ham uh, for £4 million this week. Uh, Moses Kean started for Everton. Um, this was just a game of set-piece goals, wasn't it, really? Yeah. Um, it seemed like Moises' first game where they thrashed Bournemouth was, you know, Bournemouth. That's the thing, um, yeah. It's Bournemouth, <laughs> isn't it? It doesn't look as good anymore. There wasn't really an awful lot in this game. Um, Everton were decimated by injuries to, I think, the loss for Charleston and Sigurdsson, um, which is, you know, as soon as I saw that, I thought, well, they might struggle for some goals here. Um, it was it was not really that much of an interesting game. Um, Calvert-Lewin scored again, your mate. Took his goal well. Yeah, he did take like, his goal well through gritted teeth. Sounds like he's going to be in the next England squad. From what uh, I was just reading, him and Danny yeah. Ings up front. Yeah, great. So, it's, so it's so it's come to this. <laughs> yeah. I mean, obviously we'll talk about Rashford in a bit too. Sounds like he's going to be out for a few, for a while. Um, you know, only a few weeks ago everyone was you know Kane and Rashford England are going to win the Euros, and now it's like England, Calvert Lewin, England probably <laughs> yeah. England are going to be at the Euros. <laughs> You know, I imagine Jamie Vardy's phone is ringing. Well, uh, as we speak. Okay, often played a day it wouldn't be. <laughs> Bloody hell! <laughs> you know, um, but yeah, I say West Ham had the lead for four minutes through Issa Diop, uh, and then yeah, Calvert Lewin corner at the other end, uh, manages to put one in. Uh, the big talking point for this is the uh, a jetty headbutt on Mason Holgate. 
Yeah, I mean, how how is how is this not a red card? I know he headbutts him um, in the face. Yeah. Uh, just because you're not looking at him doesn't mean he doesn't mean it. It's like, what else is he trying to do? The ball's obviously not there to head, so yeah, it's it should be a red card. Um, I don't. I mean, it's it's irrelevant because it's a guy who I wasn't even aware played for West Ham, and uh, <laughs> yeah. you know, if he gets suspended, probably wouldn't miss him. And it was in the last minute, so. But the the, the the interesting thing is, it was a big deal was made this week that referees would be told to use, uh, told, not assisted, told mm. to use the VAR monitors for red cards, which was the case in the Godfrey one, I believe. Yes. Yeah. He went. Um, not bothered in this one. That whoever it was doing the VAR for this game at Stockley Park, thought it wasn't and didn't even think to let the referee have another look at it. Probably just wanted to go home. I yeah. say it was, like, it was like the last instant on a Saturday. Mm. But that is that's the thing. Like again, it, I think it was said in the um, in the Wolves Southampton game when um, was it the Wolves Southampton game? No, no, it wasn't. It, it would it would have been the Godfrey one. Sorry, uh, in that game, the. Uh, referee told the oh no no I'm getting sorry I'm getting so so mixed up it was the Norwich Bournemouth game sorry no ignore me God cut this out this is rubbish yeah so in this game the the referee used the screen to so in that game he used the screen to to review it and and and, and send him off um, in this game yeah I, I just don't get why he didn't I forgot my point Dave let's move on. <laughs> Uh, Should have been red, and it wasn't. Yeah, there's, there's talk of retrospective action as well. Oh, great! Well, that'll help. Uh, but yeah, I say, as you say, it's not going to have an effect because obviously, um, it's a player who no one knew existed until uh. <laughs> until he headbutted Mason Holgate in in the face. But you know, it's more faults in VAR. Strangely, they say one thing and then the same weekend, it's completely ignored. Uh, okay, on to the Amex Stadium then, where Brighton entertained Aston Villa. Uh, apparently, Jack Grealish has a record of scoring against Brighton, uh, and he did it again in this game in a 1-1 draw. Uh, Pepe Reina made his Premier League debut for Villa. What a signing that is. Mm. H- how bad does Pepe Reina feel when they would rather have Asmir Begovic than him? I know this was odd, wasn't it? Uh, they, they lo- I, I thought they'd loaned him out because he was third choice or something, but they loaned him out to loan back in. I got a second choice goalkeeper. I mean, I guess from Rainer's point of view, he probably wants to play. How old is he? Like thirty-seven, thirty-six, thirty-seven, He must be a canny age now, I yeah, think. I'll tell you, he's getting on a bit, but he's younger than me. Where, whereas so. Begovic is literally Bournemouth's fourth choice goalkeeper, and now he sits on Milan's bench like it's. <laughs> I don't understand how he's Bournemouth's fourth choice goalkeeper because he, he, he's not Art of Boric. You know, who are they playing at the moment? Travis? Travis played last week when yeah. uh, Ramsdale was uh, stricken. Uh, and yeah, Boric was a sub. So yeah, Eddie Howe knows his goalkeepers. Yeah, Villa, say, Villa most Premier League losses this season. Now this is a team, I think, kind of like how you feel about Norwich. I generally thought Villa were doing better than they are. Yeah, but well, they are terrible at the moment. But you watch them and they look like a decent side. I mean, they weren't good when they had a centre forward. Now they don't have one, so I can't imagine it's going to help them particularly. I say, yeah, they've turned down Ben Teke, haven't they? Because they don't want to pay five hundred k for his loan deal. Uh, uh, there are rumours yeah. that they're going to pay ten million to sign him permanently. Crazy Moses. Um, yes, uh, we were offered Ben Teke as well. Um, but we don't want to pay all his wages, which Palace want us to do. I mean, why are we even considering this? Like, he hasn't scored for four hundred years. Like, he scores no, against Arsenal. That's what he does. 
Mm, that's interesting. Um, yeah, I saw Villa waiting for a, a Tanzania striker. Yes, um, he scored from, against Liverpool for, in the Champions League. From Belgium, I think. Yeah, yeah, he's, he, yeah. He's, he scored against Liverpool this season. I've seen a few Liverpool fans on Twitter saying that he was a handful against them. You know, and so, if, he's, if he's giving Big Verge nightmares, um, well, you know, he's probably, I mean, worth, he's probably worth signing. I mean, he's named Samata, which is great because people yeah. can say, <laughs> "What's Samata?" Um, so yeah, from a from a, a pun point of view, fantastic. Yeah. Um, Villa would probably be a lot better off if they didn't play Courtney House. Yeah, I mean, other than Taiwan Mings, like they seem to have a, a collection of idiots who play alongside them. And what happened just... to Engels? They had Engels, they looked pretty good earlier in the season. He's obviously not as good as Courtney House. But so, I remember Courtney House when he was at Wolves, and he was very highly rated. I'm pretty sure he made the England under twenty one team uh, for like the European Championships or something. But like in this game, he literally just stood still a lot in the in the box uh, for Brighton's goal. It was like you know where Glasswick goalkeepers became like ethereal mists that's what he did the ball broke and he he comes out to, to get the ball and literally the, he, the ball and the player Brighton player go through him as if he wasn't there like the scene in Ghost on the on the <laughs> it, it was like it was literally like that and then the ball was played to Trossard who slammed it home and I was just like what is he doing yeah he looked, he looked abysmal and he finished the game like Mings how he hasn't murdered him <laughs> I do not know. But yeah, Jack Grealish, that man, again, uh, pulled them out of it. So I think I said this last week. I, w- I would be very interested to see what their Villa team would be like without him in the team. Obviously, they're missing um, the Scottish guy, McGinn. McGinn yes. John McGinn, they're, they're missing him. as. Uh, <coughs> but yeah, take Grealish out of that team. You might as well start buying your championship tickets now. Yeah. Do you ever stop and wonder like, what would happen if Grealish declared for Ireland instead of England? Like. Imagine how much better Ireland would be. I think the whole of Ireland would have a street party. <laughs> they probably wouldn't because I don't think he's very popular at the moment. Um, you know, but but yeah, he would easily be Ireland's best player. No disrespect to, to any anyone else. Uh, I don't think I could name an Irish player without being confident I wasn't mixing up Northern Ireland and the Republic of Ireland. Um, but yeah, he could be there, Jason McAteer. Well, now there, there's a, <laughs> there's a compliment. Uh, but yeah, no, he, he's he was be- the best player on this pitch. And he's generally the best player on the... I think against Man United, although, again, not a compliment. Uh, yeah, every time I've seen him play, he, he gets the ball and he drives. He reminds me of Jack Wilshere without the constant injuries <laughs> and well, the smoking and the cocaine, allegedly. Um, yeah. He, the way he picks up the ball and drives with it. He's, he's not one of these players who... Or, you know, Todd Cantwell looks quite bright, but I think Todd Cantwell is the sort of player he likes to put his foot on the ball, have a look around. You, we're not in Spain or Scotland; you can't do that. Um, whereas Grealish, he gets the ball, and he runs, which I like. Yeah, he's very good at committing players. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, do you think Villa can stay up? I mean, they can hardly adrift, but um, I think it will depend on them finding a striker who hits the ground running because. Uh, I think they're playing El Ghazi up there at the minute. I don't know where Jonathan Codger is. Um, he's, he's always in and out, the, the team, weirdly. Um, he had that purple patch, didn't he, in the... I mean, he showed, he showed Liverpool's kids what for in the, uh, <laughs> in the, in the Cups. But... Well, that's good, because obviously that, that, that um, Liverpool under-23 team are world champions and, and conquerors. Oh, no, they're not. They got they, they get smashed week in, week out in the under-23 league. 
but they, <laughs> but they beat Everton. So that's all that matters. <laughs> so uh, weird. It is weird. I thought you said you, I, I, they. Um, Sky Sports News were making a big deal about them like the other day, and then they were, for some reason they were do, they were doing like live. You know they have people in the studio watching the games, mm-hmm. like on Soccer Saturday. They had someone watching a Liverpool under twenty three game, really, and they were four one down. Wow! And I was just thinking like, okay, like they're obviously they're, they're not that good. And then they, I spoke to a, a, few, a couple of Liverpool fans, and they're like, well, you know, they've got some really good individual players, but as it, you'd think that team would the way they played against Everton and the way they played against Arsenal early in in the season as well, you'd think they'd be trouncing under twenty three teams left, right, and centre. But but they're they're not weirdly. Um, but yeah, and then yeah, Villa put them to the sword. Um, but yeah, really, yes, really strange. Uh, Douglas Louise. Few decent passes in this game as well. Yeah, decent player. Um, what he cost? Fifteen million from Man City. Fifteen million from Man City. Only because he needed to get a work permit. Ah, uh, right. Else he would have been shipped out somewhere else. Huh. Um, I mean, he's a good player. Um, he's probably not going to be the difference between Villa going up and staying up and going down. But uh, he's a he's a he's a decent hold midfielder. Yeah, uh, most Villa fans that I speak to seem to hate him, which is interesting. Really? It's creative, though, isn't it? They don't like that sort of thing around here. <laughs> if, Jack, if Jack Daniels, if Jack Grealish wasn't from Birmingham, I'd, I think they'd hate him as well. He's too fancy, you know. <laughs> uh, right, on to... Oh, God. Oh, uh, Arsenal-Sheffield United. Now, weirdly, the version of Match of the Day I watched today didn't have this game in it. It's as if it knew. Um or I might have just blinked and missed the two highlights of the game. Uh, Aubameyang suspended. In comes Martinelli. Everyone expected Reese Nelson to come in, weirdly. Uh, but Martinelli has got a fantastic record when he's played for us. Nine goals yeah. nine goals now. Uh, his positioning is fantastic. Um, yeah, come in, scored. Um, John Fleck scored an equaliser. That's pretty about The only other thing I've got is that maybe Pepe should have won a penalty. Yeah, I'm not convinced. I thought it was... Uh... Manufactured, if you know what I mean. I think he... yeah, he ran into him really, didn't he? Yeah, you, see, you but... do see them give it, which we seem to say a lot. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, yeah, I, I, I'm not 100 percent convinced it was a penalty. No, I, I mean I'm more interested in how your version match that they didn't have this match in. It. Yeah, oh, it was really, really strange. So it showed the Newcastle Chelsea game, which we'll come on to shortly. Mm-hmm. So I saw Steve Bruce doing an interview. Now I fast forward through the interviews and the, the analysis and all that, just so not to colour. My, I don't want to be repeating lines that they say unconsciously on on this show and whatever so I saw Steve Bruce doing his interview uh, and then suddenly I did think it was strange that they didn't go back to the studio to discuss the Newcastle Chelsea game suddenly there was an advert for the Six Nations come on mm. and then I'm watching West Ham and Everton walk out <laughs> and then I and then I got to and then I got to the um, so Watford Spurs was the last game on match of the day um, I think um, yeah, yeah. So I got to that game, and I thought, "How the fuck is this on before us?" <laughs> like I'd watch the Arsenal game in the day as well, and I remember thinking, "Okay, it wasn't a great game or whatever." But how the fuck is this Watford Spurs game not? You know, how's that put us last on match of the day? And then I thought, right, Gaelica always puts out the the match of the day running order on Twitter, so I went through my Twitter, looked at his his feed. And I thought, well, okay, the Arsenal game was uh, in the middle. Where is it? So I rewound. wasn't there. <laughs> it's not, obviously, it's not an iPlayer yet uh, and stuff like that. So I had to go on, on YouTube and, and re-watch the highlights. In it. Like a, and amazingly, the video was like about a minute and two seconds long. Huh. Oh, well. Uh, but yeah, the, 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 I say, I'd, I'd watch the game uh, on, on, yesterday afternoon uh, on my laptop anyway because I, obviously I popped to America for the um, afternoon. Um, <laughs> yes. It wasn't, wasn't much in it. You know, both teams... You know, 
Sheffield United uh, famed for this attacking spirit and whatever didn't look to be in effect Arsenal could have killed this game off but didn't uh, Lacazette is bang out of form hence why mm. Eddie Nketa is staying at the club now d- despite the uh, publication of the Eddie's joining Bristol City thing that the Arsenal website hosted for all of half an hour in the week um, <laughs> It was really strange, but apparently it, it, it was all agreed. It was all about to happen at the last minute. It, Arteta was like, "Now we need him." So he uh, came on yesterday, did all right. Um, but yeah, um, Arsenal still finding their way under Arteta, uh, still looking better. But yeah, Sheffield United just refused to to take a defeat, and you know, I, I wouldn't go as far to say they could have won the game, but they, they certainly had chances towards the end. Certainly got a way of playing away from home makes them difficult to beat. Mm-hmm. They, they I think obviously other than Anfield where everybody seems to lose and uh, they gave themselves a, a good go at Man City before mm-hmm. I, think, I think got done over by a ref decision but they generally haven't lost that many full stop really but away from home especially they've been very good yeah. and John Flex having the, the, the season of his life you know, he's, he's got a good a great left foot and he was mm-hmm. very highly rated a number of years ago yeah I remember, uh, I remember when he left Rangers for Coventry and that was yeah. a surprise that he, went, he dropped to Coventry at that time because on Football Manager he was amazing as well. he was yeah and, and then yeah he just seemed to have never really been picked up and he's taken to the Premier League like a fish to water mm. yeah um, so we've got Sheffield United 7th still hanging around that, that top 5 or 6 do you reckon they can uh, they can push into that now or, or do you think 7th probably as good as it's going to get for them I'd probably say it's as good as they're going to get but it's so tight around there like Arsenal are only like 4 points off 5th or, or something like that and I know if we'd have won yesterday we'd, we'd have been we'd, we'd have been up there with Sheffield United um, I, it's it's so hard to call at the moment because not, like apart from Liverpool now a few weeks ago we were saying apart from Liverpool, Leicester and Man City no one's putting runs together now it's just Liverpool because even Leicester have lost two games in a row now. I think, yeah. Um, yeah. Man City are dropping points. You know, the, 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 they they have a bad run. They win six games and then and then draw. You know, so I don't know. Spurs kick back into gear from like fourteenth to get back into the top ten, and then they seem to have spluttered. Obviously, they've, they've lost Kane as well. Man United are like a pub team at the moment. <laughs> you know, I could see someone like Brighton sneaking into the top ten. Top, you know, finishing that high up at the moment. You know, Southampton have come from the death of it, and you know we've we've been touching distance. Wolves haven't hadn't won in six until this weekend, and they're still up there as well. It's 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 very similar to how it was last season, but last season it was all the big clubs kind of milling around like fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh. Now you've got your top four, who I don't think are going to change, and then everyone else is just a bit all over the shop. Mm. So, you know, I say Arsenal are 10th at the moment, but I wouldn't say they were out of the running for European places. Yeah, I think you're right. And there's pretty much any club from probably Brighton upwards. If they can win a couple on the spin, all of a sudden they put themselves right in the in the top half mix. Mm-hmm. Um, still 15 games to go. But, you know, if we get a good run together now, it could be all about timing. Yeah, that's it, you know, and this is usually that this is usually when teams start to you know put their runs together. Um, but as I said in the group chat, everyone, I'd be happy with the season to finish now. You know, <laughs> we know who the top four are, we know who the champions are, and we're pretty sure we know two of the bottom three. So unlucky, really, you just happen to be in the wrong place this weekend. <laughs> um, let's all have an extended break. Uh, and no more VAR for a couple of months. <laughs> uh, okay, on to the 5.30 game on a Saturday day. I'm going to just let you take this away because I didn't see that much of this, in all honesty. 
Uh, although it seems like only the 93rd minute was worth watching. Yeah, well, it was a standard kind of game for us against a, a real top side where we just let them have the ball. Um, for all, they had a lot of the ball. They didn't make that many clear chances. Um, there was only a couple of saves Dubrov got to make. Um, and we just hung in. Uh, Joe Linton hit the bar in the first half as well, which was the closest day the team came. Uh, and then, like you say, we wait until the last minute to get our first corner of the game. Uh, yeah, and, ultimately, yeah, and, ulti- and ultimately, it resulted in Isaac Hayden skimming one in off his nose um, to give us a win, which we probably didn't deserve, but we defended very well throughout. Great cross from St. Maxim. So, yeah, I mean, I don't know how he was still on the field by that point because he was absolutely shagged, but uh, fair play to him. Uh, Williams injured himself. Yeah, it looks like a bad injury as well. Um, they seem to think it's going to be a cruciate. I don't know how they can tell that straight away, but I guess he, probably get a feel. Like, I'm surprised St James's part didn't shake when mm. he was punching the ground uh, when he went down. But uh, but yeah, a, a lot seems to be made of like the Chelsea chances they had. Uh, Tammy Abram had the one cleared off the line, didn't he? But it was actually um, just a, it, it wasn't. It was just a trickle. The yeah, defender I, didn't even have to move. I'm not overly convinced he got that much on it. It seemed more like Dubravka patting it towards his own yeah, goal. Yeah, he, he, um, he looked like he, he, yeah. Yeah. Uh, did you hear Lampard's comments about Abraham after the game? Well, not Abraham, but about goal scoring after the game. No, no, no. Um, he more or less said that um, he's frustrated they're not taking the chances and it's a problem they're going to have to solve in the transfer market. Um, which, by the sound of it, is that they're going to buy a striker. Um, Timo Werner's the... Uh... Well, the, the rumor. I think there'll be a few clubs like Timo Werner, the form he's in. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, the, the, I like Abraham, and I think he will be very good. But I don't think he's at the required level for a, a top four club right now. Yeah, he's, he's not your, your league winning striker, is he? You know, he's not your, you know, he's not your Aguero or anything. But he's a he's a, he's a top. He'll get you in the top six. He'll, he'll you know he'll yeah. score he'll score fifteen odd goals a season. Uh, but yeah, he, he, he's not ruthless enough. No, I mean it should be enough to get them uh, to get them in the top four. We've got a five-point cushion to Man United, who, by the sound of things, are going to have lost their best player for the majority of the rest of the season, mm-hmm. um, which can obviously only help Chelsea's cause in that in that race. Um, and I can't see him else being consistent enough to make up the gap on them. Um, and it's not like Abraham's terrible, you know, as you say, he'll still score some goals uh, between now and the end of the season if they don't replace them. Do you think if they do bring in a, a big money striker, because that's what Chelsea do in it, that like, no matter what Lampard says, Chelsea, they like to make statement signings. Do you think if they do bring in a big name striker, that Abraham stays around the squad uh, oh, and definitely. gets minutes? Because I'd hate to see, you know, he's done really well. He's proved a lot of people wrong this season. I'd hate to see him just an unused sub. I'd hate to be seeing him become Mich- Michi Batshuayi, <laughs> basically. Uh, no, I, I'm fairly certain he'll still be uh, a first-team player. Um, like I say, he's, he's doing admirably well. I mean, if Chelsea finish in the top four, I think that's a very good season anyway, mm-hmm. um, given what, you know, the transfer ban and stuff. And I can't imagine Lampard would go out and buy someone for the sake of it. It would have to be someone who's going to improve what they currently have. Mm-hmm. Loaning someone in like a Paytech or buying Paytech from, from Serie A, it's not a guaranteed upgrade. As we said last week, there's a lot of players come from some of the leagues who don't adapt straight away. Mm-hmm. Higuain's one of the greatest goal scorers Serie A have ever seen, really. Mm-hmm. And and he didn't really hit the ground running here. Yeah. Um, That's the same. Right, yeah, so it's um it's not a 
a guarantee that he'll he'll replace him this month. Um, in the summer, I think it's almost certain that he'll buy a striker. But uh, but for the time being, I think we'll probably see Abraham for the the rest of the season. Could see Giroud on his way up to the North East. Been rumoured. I'm pretty sure he's already signed for Milan, hasn't he? Has he? Well, Alan Smith said yesterday when Batshuayi came on, he was like, oh, well, you know, he's ahead of Giroud in the pecking order. And and I was like... I, say, I know Giroud hasn't been getting games. I know I know Milan were interested, Inter Milan were interested. Um, as, uh, you know, Antonio Conte, uh, he's given up trying to help Man United clear out their deadwood um, and, and moved in for him. But the, 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 there were heavy rumours that he was going to go to uh, to Newcastle. Uh, I mean, I would obviously take him. Uh, I'd, I'd put a beard on the the Angel of the North to welcome <laughs> him. Like, I, I love Olivier Giroud. I love him so much. Uh, he's uh, he's far better than what we currently have and indeed most Premier League clubs have. I think he's one of those where you don't know what you've got, he's gone. Um, but, uh, he's, you know, Chelsea could probably do better than him. Um, as indeed Arsenal did in the end by, you know, Aubameyang, like I said. Mm-hmm. Um for us, it would be an incredible sign, um, but I, I can't see it. As far as I know, Inter Milan have agreed a, a deal with it, and it's just a matter of time. But uh, if it hasn't gone through already, then obviously there must be some sort of hold up. Okay, um, I've seen a few Newcastle fans now praising Steve Bruce. Um, well, it's a good result. Um, he's set the team up in such a way that we are. Difficult to beat, um, which is exactly what, what Benitez did. But the difference between Benitez's team and a Bruce team is that Bruce has had many millions of pounds to spend on St. Maximin and Joe Linton, um, and obviously he's had Almiron for the whole season. Um, and that makes a big difference. Uh, so we can hang on in these games, and then we still have an attacking threat. He's been told that there's money available, apparently, by Mike Ashley. Yeah, it sounds like... Um, Jared Bourne from Hull is uh, is a target. Okay, good goal scorer uh, in the championship. Yeah, um, the type of player that has the Mike Ashley blueprint of is young and can improve and be sold on. Um, there was also talk of was loaning a chap from Inter Milan, um, who I don't know that much about. I can't remember his name now. Um, but I think they said now that Willems has got a serious injury, they'll have to assess what to do about left-back because Paul Dummett's already out injured. I think he's torn a hamstring. Is it true that Steve Bruce said he's not very good? He said he's not very good, but I think he meant in like a... Um, he's injured. A, a, yeah, condition sense, <laughs> ra- ra- rather than ability. But... I was going to say, because I know a couple of Newcastle fans who love Paul Dummett. Like, <laughs> yeah. I'm, not sure, I'm not sure why, but... He's an old-fashioned fullback and he offers you absolutely nothing going forwards. But um, there's very rare that he gets like, skinned inside out. Um, which, when you think about some of the players he's come up against... It's quite impressive, but uh, he's he's not your, your modern day fullback, which is why I'll probably never get any sort of plaudits. But uh, he's, he's we've got far worse players than Paul Dummett for that. Okay, excellent. Uh, isn't isn't Kraft a left back as well? Though no, he's a right back. Ah, okay. um, him and we've got him, Yedlin and Mankio. I think Mankio can cover left back. Yeah, yeah. Because I remember when Arsenal were looking for him, he he was he was going to help with us at left back, and then he went to Liverpool for some reason. Uh, and didn't play there, and then they played him at right back a few times as well. Yeah, it, it's odd. Um, he's another one who is quite a good defender, but offers you very little going forwards. Um, so it'd be interesting to see what happens. Um, I think what a lot of people seem to forget is that we have got too many players to begin with. So we had to leave out a couple of players 
in August in Callback and Save. Um, they're both still on the books, but mm-hmm. they aren't registered to play in the Premier League because we have the full 25-man squad. Mm-hmm. So anyone we sign, we're going to have to ship somebody out. Well, I suppose you can unregister. So, say for example, Willem's name is out for the season. Yes, unregister him. I think you're allowed a certain amount of changes. Yeah, I mean we can do that. Um, but I mean, this is before Willem's got injured. We were linked with something like 103 players, but yeah, um, someone's got to go. Steve Bruce keeps saying Dwight Gale won't be sold because we haven't got any goals in the team to begin with. So how can you get rid of a forward? Kind of a fair comment, but. Looks fairly obvious that Dwight Gill's not going to be the answer to that. I say he doesn't. I say he played last week, didn't he? Um, you know, he doesn't. You know, he Joe Linton looked a little bit better this week. I suppose he hit the bar and stuff like that. But you know, is Dwight Gill going to be in and around the team every week? Well, we've got to find goals from somewhere. Carroll's injured again, which is kind of par for the course with him. He's always carrying a knock. Um, we do need goals from somewhere. I mean, we, we've we've got by with. Well, we've got 22 goals this season. Um, it's not a huge amount from 23 games. Yeah, um, it's not good, is it? We've got by by defending well and taking our chances when they come, either via set pieces or you know a bit of magic from somebody or other. Um, we'll see. Where are we like... in the table at the moment? We're 12th. Um, we are actually closer to 5th than we are the relegation zone. I was going to say, like, so you've got a lot of injuries at the moment. Imagine that injury list clears up. You... <laughs> Yeah, well, a good thing. Top ten finish. Yeah, well, say that Maxman came back this week. Uh, Lascelles came back in the cup game and played here as well. Um, it's starting to clear up a little bit. Obviously, we've now lost Villams as well, which is a shame. But um, <coughs> at least it's happened in the middle of January rather than you know the first of Feb, which it normally does to us. Mm-hmm. So we have got time to address it. Um, it's, it's, it's hard to get excited about this team because we we don't take the game to anybody. You're kind of relying on the other team not being at their best to win. Mm-hmm. It's very rare we go and play a team off the park. Um, and if that's the way it is, you know, that's the way it is. No one's ever going to complain about winning a game of football. Um, but I mean, we go to Everton, I think it is, during the week, um, who are, if they get their players back from injury, they're, they're, you know, they're obviously favourites to beat us. But if Richarlison and Sigurdsson miss that one as well, it's very hard to see a team breaking us down without their best players because mm-hmm. we'll just defend in huge numbers. Okay. Um, we'll come on to Sunday's games then. Uh, we'll, while we're talking about teams, you know, just finding that way to win. Uh, Burnley hosted Leicester and probably in a bit of a surprise, came away 2-1 winners. Yeah, I mean, Leicester took the lead and you think, well, here we go again. That should be... Leicester's bread and butter when they get ahead in an away match because the mm-hmm. more the home team commits, it allows Vardy the space and it allows you know Madison the time to play in basically. Um, but it just didn't happen. Um, Leicester missed a couple of breakaway opportunities where they didn't even get the pass away right, and Madison was very wasteful today. I thought compared to how he has been recently. Um, and Burnley, as you say, they stuck in there and do what they always do, which is score from set pieces. Um, you wouldn't say. They played particularly well. From, you know, like, from what I saw this game, neither team played particularly well. So Leicester had plenty of chances. Uh, obviously, Vardy missed a penalty, which was probably probably the shittiest penalty I've seen Vardy take. Yeah, well, he didn't even have a technique with pens. He just blasted, you didn't he? Yeah. <laughs> uh, and if, you know, Pope's probably come against him in England train at some point, I would mm-hmm. think. Yeah, yeah definitely. Um, so he probably had a fair idea where it was going to go. Um, a bit like Dini's pen, similar height. Yeah, wasn't, yeah, uh, right, yeah. Oh, just the opposite side, but um, 
yeah, it was one of those games for Leicester where they never really had control of it. Uh, actually, before Pope got on the match, I thought he should have yeah, saved yeah. should have saved Barnes a shot. Um, he just walked through the team though as well, didn't he? Yeah, well, that's what the threat of Vardy does. He pulled the defenders away, and I thought, well, f- fuck this, is Harvey Barnes, <laughs> and uh, yeah, he did the rest. Um, but yeah, Ashley Westwood scores the winner, and it's like, well. Burnley's team, you just look at it and you think, I wouldn't have a single a single one of these in pretty much any <laughs> yeah. pretty much any other Premier League team, with the exception of Chris Wood, who I think is a very good finisher on his day. Um, I was going to go in on Sean Dyche about how he just picks the same terrible defenders every week, despite you know they haven't really been that good defensively. Um, you know, it, it's like Tarkovsky and me are undroppable, despite me was shocking. In this it, well, I, gave I didn't the, think he gave away the penalty. Gave away the pen. Um, He's made a few but, mistakes in recent weeks. But well. they paid like fifteen million pounds or whatever it was for Ben Gibson from Borough. On his way who, back to Borough, apparently. Is he? Yeah. Well, he should, he should be because he's just sitting rotten on Burnley's bench. Yeah. He's a good player as well. Never, never gets a single minute, despite the fact they lose every week. Um, and he says he's got away with the day because they've saved a pen and got away with it. But uh, what a waste of, of fifteen million to. to to not get anywhere near the team. I, I thought it was strange because he was very much the in-demand centre-back uh, well, at, sh- at one point. You, I, you probably argue he stayed at Middlesbrough one season too long. Possibly, but he was a homegrown lad. I don't think he, I don't think he wanted to leave them when they were, you know, in the shit. Um, I think he got into an England squad once upon a time. I don't yeah, think he, yeah, he, he was. Yeah, he was, he's, he was in a few England squads or in and around there. Yeah. Um, so it's just. A waste for him, really. He's been sat on Burnley's bench for pretty much two whole seasons now, barely played a minute. Which is weird, because when he was being looked at, he was being looked at like your Man City, your Man United, and stuff like that, and you think, oh, he's going to go to one of them and not play. So I imagine in his head, he's picked Burnley thinking, I'm going to get games here. You know, Ben Mee did the same. Ben Mee left Man City, went to Burnley, got games, did well. Tarkovsky's coming, you know, he gets games and stuff like that. You think, okay, I'm going to have a chance of getting in here. You know, Tarkovsky gets injured for fun, it seems. And Ben <laughs> Ben Mee is a mistake waiting to happen um, for, for parts of the season. He's great for a bit, then Ricky's, you know, Ricketeers hell for a bit. So you would generally think he's made that decision thinking, right, I'm going to get games here. And then, yeah, I think he got injured. Because he joined them the season they were in Europe, didn't he? Yeah, I think that was obviously the plan that he yeah. thought he'd play play a lot of games with them rotating the squad yeah. through Europe and that. But then I, I they he, lost. Yeah. I think he got injured like when they were playing all those uh, qualifying games. I think he so he, that you know kept him out of, out of the way then. But then it's not like I can think of another Burnley defender who's come in and cemented a place in the squad ahead. No, of I, I, I mean Phil Barton still plays at right back, and he, he's never been good. A man who's famous for knocking out a teammate. Exactly. I mean, it's just bizarre how we. But they get they get the win, and that's you know. <laughs> yeah, it, 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 it's strange. Maybe it's because like um, Gibson doesn't want to play like so. Sean Dyche is like, right, ball comes to you, hoof it forward. <laughs> ben Gibson's like, oh, but I can play a pass, boss. Like, no. <laughs> see, see, see this lad here, this this Irish lad here. He's gonna, you're gonna hoof it. He's gonna run onto it. <laughs> and, and Ben Gibson's like, but boss, I can play a pass. <laughs> and then and he's like, right, you're not playing. Never going to happen. Um, I mean, had Burnley lost this, there'd have been fifteenth, uh, twenty-four points, two points from the bottom three. And it's mad. I, did, I didn't think they were that low. <laughs> they, just, they hadn't won. This was they'd lost four in a row in the league before this, uh, or at least four in a row. I only had the last five games on my form table here, um, so they were they were in trouble. Um, and now things look a bit rosier for them. But I think we said last week they're in a, r- a rough run of games coming up. Um, 
and typically they go and win the first one. So they probably feel a lot better about life already. But uh, yeah, they've got Man United away um, next weekend, or sorry, next um, Wednesday. In fact, it's a midweek round this week. And then they've got Arsenal, Southampton, Bournemouth and Newcastle. So I guess we'll know by the end of Feb if Burnley are going to be in the shit or not. The thing is, it's probably not going to happen, in it? Because they, they pull off these types of results. Yeah, well, exactly. It's yeah. these kind of results that keep them in the league. Yeah, well... It's mad, you know. Leicester have been great guns. Dropped points last week. Dropped points this week, you know. Do you think the Leicester bubble's burst now? Um, I don't know. You know, that. They're looking at making changes. Like the, there was a rumour going around yesterday, I believe, that um, Hamza Chowdhury was leaving. Apparently yeah, coming to you boys. Well, it's another one we've been linked with, linked with trying, to lo- trying to loan him. Uh, <laughs> as, as have somebody else. Um, yeah, I think it was between you and... I can't, I can't remember the other two. Villa, I think. I want to say really, Villa. But, you know, so, um, again, this is another like Steve Bruce snippet, as he said. He wanted to buy like a dominating midfielder to free shelve it a bit. I, I, I suppose... But like, could be described as a dominating midfielder, <laughs> but not for the reasons that you'd like. Well, that's it. I mean, he he nearly killed Matt Ritchie earlier in the season, so that'll be an interesting dressing room. Yeah. Maybe he's uh... just thinking, if I sign him, he can't injure any more of my players. But well, then you've true. got to think, what's he like on the training ground? Yeah, I mean, to be honest, going into the season, I actually thought he was um, he looked like a player. Uh, yeah, I, that... I, I don't rate him at all. I was watching him play for the like the under twenty ones, was he? Well, that's when, he, he, when had... he when he killed a man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> You know, and he had he had a few shocking games uh, around that time as well. Like you know, just just gives the ball away a lot as well. Like so, I I think he gets more uh, Premier League minutes than he actually deserves. Oh. Uh, if he could get rid of that horrible nature to his game, maybe he could be a bit of a player. But so initially, I thought there must be nothing in this. But then he didn't play for Leicester today, and they they recalled um, Nampalas Mendy, which is. An, an odd thing to do at any time, so I, I don't know. Maybe he is on the move. Maybe uh, so uh, I, I think a loan somewhere would probably do. You know, getting minutes with somebody who can calm him down. Maybe uh, I think I think he he probably would do well in a team that fights. But I think in that Liverpool in in, sorry, in that Leicester team that's so attacking, he stands out a mile, and mm. because they're very exposed and Leicester don't dig in. It can leave him a little exposed. It's very similar to the way that Gwen Doozy is at the moment at Arsenal. So when Emery was there, and the, whatever the weird system that we were playing was, Gwen Doozy looked like our best player by a long shot because he was the one running around, making the tackles, and driving the ball out. But, yes. ne- but yeah. now everybody's pulling their weight. Gwen Doozy can't get in the team. Mm. And if he does, he looks out of it because he isn't needing to run around. He's needed to stay in a position and perform a role, which he can do, but he just isn't as good as um, Granit Xhaka and Lucas Torreira at the moment and stuff like that. So he looks a completely different player, and I think that would probably happen to Chowdhury if he went to, dare I say, it's somewhere like Burnley or somewhere like you know Newcastle or, mm. or, or Villa where they, get, they, they have to dig in and win the ball and, 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 and come forward uh, and build rather than get the ball and bomb it forward. You know what I mean? So it could be good for him, but he just does seem a bit of a fog. <laughs> but then people apparently people say that he's a really nice guy and stuff like that, you know. But he's got that fucking haircut as well, isn't he? Well, it's that <laughs> tiny moustache that goes with it. That knows <laughs> yeah, me. Yeah. We'll see. I, I can't yeah, imagine. Say, he's very highly rated by people who know him a lot better than we do. 
Yeah, true. And stuff like that. So we'll see what happens. Isn't it? Um, yes, the Leicester bubble probably... Uh, their title race is over. The title race should, in well, general yes. is completely <laughs> over now. The fact that we are now at the point where we are counting down how many points Liverpool need to secure the title before the end of January is insane. Um I think they're locked in for the top four, though. I think the top four as they are are pretty much logged in. Maybe Chelsea, this iffy one, because they're up and down at the moment. Yeah, well, that's the thing. I mean, they've got an 11-point cushion back to fifth, and as we've said, there's some problems already for Man United ahead, I think. Um, I can't see Wolves putting together a run to knock them off their perch with uh, you know all their commitments to come. That's the thing, yeah, once, once the European football starts again. Yeah, so I think Leicester will be all right, to be honest. But uh, it's just they've had a they've had a great run and they've had a blip. They'll probably be back on and running again in a few weeks. Yeah, definitely. Uh, right, on to the champions then. Uh, <laughs> Liverpool hosted what, who apparently were Man United. Um, now, I've watched a bit of the um, the post match analysis to this, and everyone's saying how well Man United played in this game, and I'm thinking that my TV is broken. Um, Marcus Rashford missed the game after he was brought on as a sub against Wolves in the in, in the FA Cup in the week. Uh, lasted about fifteen minutes before fracturing his back. Apparently, he had a, a fracture to his spine before the game, and that's why they didn't start him. And then rushed on and literally got smashed in the back straight away. Uh, so yeah, apparently he's out for months. Yeah. So uh, this was rumored yesterday that the injury was more serious than was being let on, and now it appears that you know. That is the case. I think Solskjaer said weeks, didn't he? Yeah, but... The Members fo- of the press are saying three to four months. I can't imagine he... Um, I can't imagine he's um, going to say it's months because obviously they've got a transfer window and yeah. uh, he uh, has to be very careful about you know yeah, how much you're going to yeah. pay for anybody at this time of year. Um, not least the Fernandez deal from the sport in Lisbon where they seem to want... An arm and a leg, and half of the city of Manchester for this Fernandez fella. So I'd give, I'd give them half their squad for him. <laughs> <laughs> I think so with Solskjaer, to be honest. If he can shift on who he wants, but um, so yeah, um, I mean, I think Man United were better than I thought they were going to be. If that makes sense. I, I, they had a lot more chances than I, than I thought they would get. Could you tell me what formation they were playing? No, no, I can't. They I had can't. Two left backs on the pitch. Well, Williams played pretty high up. Um, Although they kind of seem to drop into a five at times. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I say I know Luke Shaw. He's kind of like Kieran Tierney, where he can drop onto the left side of a three, mm-hmm. kind of. But I wouldn't trust him to. Okay, he's a big lad, isn't he? I wouldn't trust him to make a, a tackle. Yeah, um, but there's no one at Man United where you say, "Well, they had a good game, really." Like Wamba Saga looked like he was carrying some sort of injury, or he was just shagged. Like immediately after half time, like I don't know what he, mm-hmm. I don't know what he what he had at half time, but it seemed to have the opposite effect to what you'd expect. Um, but yeah, um, we'll, we'll come on to Liverpool in a minute, but I say all my talking points really are about Man United because they, they were so sloppy. Like Harry Maguire, like there were two highly expensive defenders on the pitch today. Harry Maguire somehow was the more expensive of the two. <laughs> how, how, yeah. how, how, and like it showed it, the, the golf Especially the fact that Virgil van Dijk out-jumped him and two of his teammates uh, to head in the, the, the first goal. You know, I, I think he completely showed... You know, Harry Maguire just looked so exposed in that team. Um, but yeah, tactically, I, I don't know. It's... Daniel James is literally just a 100 metres runner on a football pitch at the moment. He's he's 
purple patch at the beginning of the season, he doesn't even look like the same player. No, you're right. He um, he just looks a bit like a bit lost. Like he didn't seem to like, have, have a position anymore. Yeah, he he can't make a pass. He, he's, did you see the one where uh, I think Martial broke through in the middle and he literally played the ball to Joe Gomez? Yes. Like, you know, you can't be an attacking player in a potentially a, a European challenging team and make that pass. It wasn't. I don't think that ball through was, would have been difficult. It would have been better if he'd have made it at least in between the two defenders and Gomez had moved for it. But he literally played it to Gomez. Yeah, there's a few like this um, where the, the breakaway chance was there and they just played. It seemed to panic. Like yeah, it was weird. Yeah, and it just it, for me it showed a lack of footballing sense, which you see from a lot of these young players that burst through do really well, and and then suddenly. Once the, the the more technical part of the game comes in, they get a bit exposed. It's like I've seen a lot made of Brandon Williams this week about how he's um, a shit house, uh, basically. Like Man United fans that love him because he's giving grief to, um, you know, he get he gets in he gets in against it. Look, but he's 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 like your park footballer. You know, he's that kid who's better than everybody else, and you know, defensive wise, and you don't really get this from attacking players, but. It, He'll leave a bit on you, have a few words in your ear and whatever, because you know, you know, he's on a football pitch as a referee. There, he ain't gonna say nothing. And so, so obviously, Liverpool fans in the build-up this have been like, "Well, let me introduce you to Andy Robertson, who is king of the shithouse left backs." <laughs> um, um, but yeah, I, at first I thought they dropped him after all this build-up in the week about how good he was gonna be, and I saw that Luke Shaw was starting. I'm thinking, "Fucking hell, they're not even playing him." But then I found out they were playing the both of them. You know, uh, you know, and um. I think Solskjaer said in the week that um, Luke Shaw was one of the best left-backs in England, which I suppose he's got a point, uh, if they could keep him out of McDonald's, um, <laughs> and that Brandon Williams would do a really good job as a left-back. But then, So if that's the case, if he's then playing him further up the pitch, what's he getting out of that? Apart from game time, I suppose. Well, I don't think it would be a permanent thing. I think he just did it as a way of uh, trying to counteract Liverpool's front three, and he couldn't really say it worked. Um I guess this could have been a lot more than 2-0. What were well, your thoughts on, uh, well, the, the first... <laughs> Which one? <laughs> Which one, Dave? Well, the, the Firmino disallowed goal. Uh, for, I don't think uh, there was anything wrong with it, apart from the fact David De Gea was weak as shit. I, I think Van Dijk jumps into him. I don't think he makes any attempt to play the ball, and I think it's a foul. Were you in Stockley Park this afternoon? Because you're uh, the only other person. But even Martin Tyler... Didn't think it was a, <laughs> was a foul, and he, oh. he was sat there in his Man United shirt waving well, his scarf. The thing is, nine times out of ten, those sorts of instances are given as fouls against the keeper. Mm. And if Porson blows the whistle straight away, that's a foul. You don't get any of the, the mess that happened afterwards, which is you know, Mane closes down a clearance. Yeah, and, yeah, it, yeah. Um, and that's the only reason we're talking about this now. To me, if you watch it back, Van Dijk hinders to hear Catherine the ball. Um, and I just think that there's so many instances where any time a player jumps into a goalkeeper, it's a foul. Now, if it's two outfield players, it's a different story, but mm-hmm. I think it does affect the outcome of, of what happened with them trying to catch the ball. I, I wouldn't have argued it. If I'd have been, if, if I'd have been a United fan and that had gone in, I would, and it had been given, I wouldn't have argued it at all. No, There would have been no argument about it not being a goal, in, in my opinion. I thought it was soft. To, to rule that goal out I thought De Gea was not strong enough at all and I think he 
intended to not hold that ball, knowing that a foul. I think he anticipated a foul being given. Well, I mean, he may well have anticipated a foul being given um, because, as I say, that seems to me that nine times out of ten, regardless of whether it is or it isn't, the attacker goes up against the goalkeeper. They give a foul. Weirdly, though, I don't think if it had been for the last 30 seconds of this game, I wouldn't have said that De Gea was the worst goalkeeper on that pitch today. Because Alisson seemed to be doing his best to try and keep Man United in this game. The amount of times he got the ball at his feet and let the Man United attacker come to him. Oh, he did try pretty hard to get dispossessed on a number of occasions, but he also made a lot of saves. Yeah, but like so many times it was just like, I understand winding the clock down and holding the ball, but literally every time I looked up he was, you know, there was a a Man United attacker approaching him, like within inches of getting the ball. Yes. You know, it's Russian roulette with him, isn't it? Um, he was roping it up a bit with uh, with Marshall on a few occasions, yeah, but uh, really strange. Um, it, but yeah, uh, the I say Wijnaldum also had a goal disallowed for um, offside. Uh, yeah. Penalty shout for Liverpool for the Luke Shaw handball. Uh, no, I don't think so. We've seen them. I say oh, this. Game, I think I'm going to t-shirts printed with this. I'm, we've oh. seen them given this season. We'll have um, exactly the same position. <coughs> I think is this one from Alexander Arnold's cross? Yes, I think he hit it that hard from you know a fairly close distance. Uh, I think it would have been harsh to give. Okay, um, uh, Martial's miss. As well. Yeah, uncharacteristic uh, for him, isn't it? It's funny because he he's not actually that good of a finisher. For all the chances he gets, I think he should score far more far more goals than he does. Yeah. Um, the way they they worked the ball to get in that position was was brilliant. Mm-hmm. It was an um, absolute great bit of play. And the first touch was fantastic, but then he just has no composure whatsoever. Yeah. Literally, just he lashed it, didn't he? Mm-hmm. Completely, he did. completely lashed it. Um, yeah, say so, uh, I thought one matters dive was a uh, was shocking considering where it was on the pitch. As well, did you see this one with Alana? Yes, <laughs> literally threw himself out. Won a free kick though, mm, which yeah. uh, which was funny because you got to see Jordan Henderson quite clearly shout bullshit for <laughs> his face. Um, I, actually, I actually thought Jordan Henderson was outstanding. He was. Well. He, he was really good. Uh, not better than Roy Keane, unless you read Twitter. Um, obviously, <laughs> have you seen this? Like <laughs> Liverpool fans claiming that. So they showed like a, a. I think it was like a classic mix of the teams or something, and uh, everyone was like, "Oh yeah, except I'd, I'd replace uh, Roy Keane with Jordan Henderson." Yeah, even Jordan Henderson's dad wouldn't do that. Um, but yeah, Mo Salah sealed it in the ninety-second minute from an absolutely fantastic Allison assist. But then again, there was no one near him. The only reason Daniel James got near him is because he's a hundred meters runner. Well, yeah, that's true. Should have brought him uh, down, Jacko. Nah, Real Madrid I mean, style. At one nil in the last minute of injury time, um, all you're doing there is getting yourself a game off. Like you could have taken him out, but. It wouldn't have been time to get up the other end and score again, I don't think. So. Um, but yeah, tight race is over. That's oh, thing. God, uh, I mean, was it now 16 points? Effectively 19 if Liverpool win the game. 16 points, yeah, with a game in hand. Yeah. Um, yeah, absolutely. 13 straight wins now. I think so, I thought somebody said one defeat in 61 games. Ooh, that's, uh... <laughs> that's, that's better than my football manager record. Oh. Absolutely insane, isn't it? That's not um, bad, is it? <laughs> yeah, 30-odd home wins. 
and stuff like that. I think it's just funny how like Sky All Week, obviously they big this game up because it's a, 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 the two biggest fan bases, I suppose, is, is why they do it. Um, but, but like they built it up on the could Man United come to Old Trafford and you know and and beat Liverpool at home, uh, come to Anfield and beat Liverpool at home, be the first team to do it in ages. The way they played it out, I'd probably fancy Burnley to get more points out of Liverpool at home than Man United at the moment. So, <laughs> yeah, so it's all that it's all that build up for you know. When it was one nil, I thought I generally thought it was quite one of the most one-sided one nils. I, I did, Man United made chances, but I just didn't think they were going to score. I mean, just after half time, Liverpool were battering them. Hmm? They should really got to say, I mean, how Salah missed that chance where Robertson rolls it across to him and he managed to hit off both his feet and wide. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, yeah. it's just bizarre, isn't it? But it is um, yeah, I mean. <laughs> Have you seen this thing about Salah where, because he didn't play the Man U game where they drew earlier in the season, he's on a, a winning run of Premier League games of something like 29 matches? Yeah. 30 matches it's, yeah, in yeah. a row? It's mad because uh, yes, apparently he's got a record where he doesn't score against Man United. Well, until today. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Liverpool have also now beaten every team in the Premier League this season. Because <laughs> obviously the only team they didn't beat up until today yeah. was Man United where they drew. Uh, but they've, beat, they, they've beaten the other 19 clubs in the in the in the division and obviously one of them tw- two of them twice now I mean are we now at the point where we can say this is the best Premier League team ever no the... I wouldn't no? say that because how many times have we said at the, earlier on in the season that they're not playing well it doesn't matter does it <laughs> I, I suppose I, I, but I would probably still argue that some of the Man City sides over, over a course of games, yes, they are. But if you look at the individual performances, I don't think they have a standout performance yet this season. But yet you could go and look at other teams and you could say, like, um, I don't know, you could pick out, like I say, Man United when they beat Arsenal, like 8-2 eight, eight, and 6-1 and stuff like that. You know, and Man City where they were smashing teams 7-0 and, and stuff like that. You know, at one point Man City were, were banging in more than four goals a game. <laughs> and stuff like that. So you'd, you'd probably say that they were better teams at that point, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. On this run and, and this season, they are by far the best. But we've also sat here for week in, week out, discussing how all the other teams around them, apart from Man City and Leicester until recent weeks, have literally just been falling by the wayside. So I, I'm not going to say, I'm, you know, I'm not going to say that Liverpool don't deserve to be where they are and they're not doing extremely well. I just think that. It's a perfect storm of things, if you know what I mean. It's yeah. this Liverpool team coming together and things going wrong everywhere else. It's just all combining to make this, obviously, an incredible season for them. You know, obviously, since Bruce Grobler's perhaps made his piss on the posts <laughs> and, and lifted the curse. I, have, you, have you spoke about this story on, on the show? I don't think so. Have you heard about this? Uh, no. Okay. No. So, ever so quickly, as we're, we're not running overly long. Um, apparently, it was a time... Uh, it, there's videos of this on the internet and stuff where um, some witch doctor came to Liverpool in the 80s or something and made a claim that you'll never win the title unless you've got the Bruce Goblow in goal basically like the Zulu man or something he called him <coughs> and then shortly after Bruce Goblow left the club and they haven't won the league since Bruce Goblow was in goal for them and uh, obviously they've had like you know the Gerard slip uh, and things like that and apparently Bruce Goblet lives off this story. He tells it all the time. I think he told it when he was in the studio on Sky the other week as well. Uh, and apparently the deal, the, the deal was that this witch doctor had cursed the club for some reason because Bruce Goblet wasn't there anymore. Or 
And then, um, so then Bruce Gobbler has gone back to Anfield in some capacity at some point, and he's, I can't remember what it was, but somehow he's managed to piss in one of the goldmaves to break the curse, very much the same way as Barry Fry did at St. Andrews. Um, <laughs> but he couldn't get down the other end, so the curse wasn't broken. And then apparently, in pre-season this season, he played in a, he got to play in a corporate game. All right, yeah. So then he's pissed in his water bottle before the game. And then when he's in goal, there's video of him as well, of people who are in the ground like recording this, of him like rubbing piss on the other goalpost. And Liverpool fans who apparently who know about this, apparently it's quite a famous story, are like like cheering, like, yeah, the curse is broken. And then there's Liverpool fans, while he's doing this, in the stand, in pre-season, singing, we're going to win the league. And then suddenly they're on this fucking incredible run and they're going to win the league, all because Bruce Gobbler rubbed piss on the goalposts. Is that like a known thing to lift a curse, is it? Apparently. Have you not heard the story about Barry Fry when he became Blues manager? I'm just thinking about how, how uncursed my toilet seat is. But... <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, Barry Fry had to piss in all four corners of the St Andrews ground to, to break some gypsy curse. I'm not sure how like how it lifted. I suppose they, they, I suppose they, they did beat Arsenal in the, in, in the Carling Cup final, but then it's not like they've been fucking amazing ever since then. Um, but yeah, yeah, weird. Yeah, piss. So yeah, when you when you've got kids who are pissing all over your house and stuff like that, they're actually keeping you curse free. I'm thinking after the show, I'm gonna go and piss on my ankle. But yeah, that, that's lowering the sound for you. Strangest story I've ever heard. Yeah, but yeah, seriously, go and look at it. When I first heard about it, I was like, people are like, oh, there's videos, there's videos of him doing interviews about this, and apparently Liverpool fans have all known about this, and apparently he gets asked about it all the time. Oh, and, then, and yeah, and then he's done it this season, and they're gonna win the league. So Bruce, Bruce Gobbler's piss has won Liverpool the league. Please use the bottle though. Like, we've been some totally Imagine if it had been a really hot day though, and you forgot. Could you uh, imagine, imagine that? I'm just saying, imagine if Bruce like lobbing it out and having a piss just mid, mid-game. Don't worry, just lifting a curse. Like, all right, no, no worries, Bruce. <laughs> you wouldn't put it fucking past him, though, would you? Crazy you wouldn't. No, no, you wouldn't, no. Uh, so, yeah, so yeah, the Premier League season is over. Liverpool are the champions. The top four are three other clubs that no one cares about. And um, <laughs> Norwich and Bournemouth for being relegated. Wicked. Great. <laughs> <laughs> the next, uh, tw- what, 20-odd weeks will be quite, pretty easy. Um <coughs> yeah, no, that's it then, Dave. Thank you for joining me. Please pimp your stuff. Thank you very much. Uh, so on Twitter, we are at CM9798. Uh, and as of starting tomorrow, uh, the first chum man on the post podcast oh, will shit, be will be that. in the feed. Uh, I say as of tomorrow. It's launched Monday, 9 o'clock. I don't know what time this podcast will go up. So the past, the future, the present. Just subscribe to the man on the post and it'll be in your feed. Um so yeah, it's with uh, Paul Oliver Collier, the founders of Sports Interactive and Championship Manager. You mean that's not Miles? No, Miles. <laughs> uh, Miles came on later. Uh, we do talk about Miles though. I like Miles. He's a very funny drunk. Oh, good. <laughs> I'll probably go on a CV. <laughs> a, I imagine. A, a very funny drunk. Like I've, I, when I worked in gaming for a short period of time, I got to meet him a few times, and I don't think I've ever met him sober. And Fair. he's smaller than you'd think as well. He's, well, he's, I'm not going to say he's a very small man because you might punch me in the face. Um, but yeah, no, lovely, lovely fella. Um, so yeah, you can also hit up Dave uh, for, if you want to take him to bed in the evening by buying one of his many, yeah, many my, books. My, my, my books are on Amazon. This is not some sort of weird <laughs> Tinder element of the show that Chris has introduced. But, it's our, uh, it's our, our Patreon. We're launching a Patreon <laughs> where one of the tears is taking Dave to bed. <laughs> You get some sleep, Dave. To be fair, no, that's it. Yeah, 
if you want to give me a bed for the night, then uh, I'll improve my sleeping pattern from the current uh, toddler-infested time I have at the moment. Uh, it, we are at Man on the Post on Twitter, uh, Instagram, Facebook, all of that. Uh, check us out so you'll be able to keep up to date with, with the, the other shows uh, and stuff like that, including the, the new Champion Manager show, which I'm really looking forward to hearing. Um, that's about it. Anything else you want to go over before we leave? Uh, no. Um, it's the FA Cup next weekend. I was just so about to ask the we'll, same we'll question. Do, we'll do our usual. We'll say, yeah, yeah, we'll be here, same time, same place. And I guess, like, our oh, cup was born, won't it? Yeah. yeah. Next if, week? If, if anything interesting happens in the FA Cup, we'll be here next weekend. We probably won't be because the, if it's as dull as the third round, which the third round is usually the most exciting round in the in the tournament, then there's, there's literally no point, you know. I mean, there are like a full round of midweek Premier League games, um, but then so the worse... extra time guys. Oh yeah, and that's the yeah. thing. Oh well, we can't, won't touch can't, that. Can't step on their toes, unfortunately. But we'll see. Yeah. Something interesting might happen in the transfer window. Um, no promises though. No, absolutely none. That's it then. Uh, Thank you for joining me again, Dave. And always remember to keep your man on the post.